Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Would you like to write a book? Ah, we all think about it. You know, I wrote my first book when I was 50, and guess what? I've never looked back. It was one of the most amazing experiences. Tell me, can you imagine what it would be like to write, to persuade, to inform, and to entertain other people? Have you ever wanted to know more about paranormal experiences? Well, I know I'm fascinated with them. Now, would you like to learn what happens when you actually sit down and write your book? (laughs) It's a big step. Tell me, have you ever heard of a series of books called No Angel Series? Now, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now, are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to start writing your own book? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I'll be introducing you to my co-host. She is an author, a success coach, and she will provide us with information, inspiration, and some really, really great advice about starting your writing career. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk media and we are syndicated on six networks with over 5 million listeners to date. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. So now it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show. Now let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. She graduated cum laude with a BA in education, but she is currently taking a break from teaching while pursuing a writing career. She has seven books published, two traditionally and five professionally self-published with many more to come. Her books are unique with every book taking you places you never imagined. She writes across four genres, mystery, suspense, fantasy, historical fiction, time travel, and realistic paranormal. 
All of her books have elements of sweet romance, and while none of her books have profanity or sexually explicit scenes, each book is intriguing and white-knuckle intense. Her books are the kind you can't put down. Welcome to our show today, my co-host, Teresa Sneed. Hi, Teresa. How are you today? Hi, January. I am fabulous. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to having you on the show. You know, I wrote my first book when I was 50. I've shared that with my listeners so many times. Uh, For me, writing was just the most uh, ecstatic thing I've ever done. How do you feel about writing? Oh, my goodness. It's been a journey for me. I remember I was very young when I began to develop my passion for writing, Uh but I remember that it was a very scary thing for me because, you know, when you write something in January, you're opening up your whole soul to people. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, they can stomp all over you. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was kind of a scary thing, and when I first started writing, I I really didn't know that I was going to actually ever be successful. Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad that I just kept moving forward and kept doing the things I needed to do to develop to develop my my writing and mm-hmm. uh, so now today I've got seven books published and I have many 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 more that will be coming out oh I know you do I know <laughs> now let me uh, when you were a child growing up were you I was a compulsive reader I fell in love with the written word how, how about you did you read a lot as a child well, you know, not to reveal my age or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to do in a little town in Maine mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the, mm-hmm. uh, the the 60s and 70s when I was growing up. Um, yeah. Yes, I was an avid reader. I, uh, uh, we, you know, that's way before home computers or anything like that. So if I wanted to learn about anything, I went mm-hmm. to my local library. The mm-hmm. Thompson Free Library in Dover, Foxcroft, Maine, and that's where I went. And I, and I, I went there frequently. And I would just walk around and pull mm-hmm. a book off the shelf and open it up and start reading. And and then um, words have always had such a power for me. It holds such great, great power. And so I would take things, little passages that really. Mm-hmm. Uh, were intriguing to me, and I hand copy them down and take them home and tack them on my wall by my bed. <laughs> oh no, no! Well, you know, for me, right, uh, books were an escapism, and it took me to other worlds, worlds I wanted to visit and know about. Uh, mm-hmm. I love books. I still, to this day, even though I have probably 1,500 books on my Kindle. I still love when someone sends me a book. (laughs) I love to hold it and feel it and touch it. And uh, it's just... It's just kind of a physical thing for me uh, to actually, and of course, you know, as you know, when your books are published, they're like having babies, aren't they? They are, they are, they are. And I love them. I've got a nice little display display in my work area where Mm -hmm. I have my books. I've got some antique uh, irons, you know, the ones I would put on the stove to warm up. I've got antique irons that I'm using as bookends. And my books are in between that. Yeah, it looks really cool there. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, um, not to get too personal, but to get personal. Yeah. When I was was growing up, 
back in the 70s. My father, he was a, he was a drinker. And uh, there wasn't much in the way of community things that could help a child growing up in a dysfunctional home like that. Mm-hmm. And I, so for me, reading was a great way to escape. I could read a book and then, bam, I'm, I'm in Middle yep. Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my dad was a drinker, too, and I think that probably is why we relate to each other so well, because for me, books were escape. Uh, mm-hmm. They took me to the world that I wanted to inhabit, the world uh-huh. where I was headed for. Yeah. And, of course, I'm just, I'm obnoxious about my books. I have them all framed, <laughs> the covers, and they're <laughs> when people come yeah. into the house, yeah. it's like my shrine. So, I mean, writing is, uh, uh, for me, it was very therapeutic. How about for you? Hmm. Me too, yes, absolutely. The very first novel that I wrote before I really thought I would actually be a writer, it's like Mm -hmm. 27 chapters long. It's called... (laughs) Oh, yeah, no kidding. It's called, uh, what did I call it? Um, Together at Last and Forever, which is a really great co- uh, title, I think. Okay, well, I was the main character, and I took that character through the through the ringer. I mean, boy, that char- I cried, and I cried, and I cried because it was my life that I was writing wow. about. And wow. then it's, it's, it's in a, it's in a uh, what do you call that, a, uh, a cabinet. In the very bottom drawer. One of these days, I'll dig it out because that was when you hand wrote books out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I'll get it out and I'll take a look at it and see uh-huh. just how sappy it is. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll you be know, super sappy. <laughs> that's fascinating because you know I've never I've never written fiction. I, I've uh-huh. always written nonfiction because uh-huh. I, I'm a, a fiend for research and uh-huh. bibliographies uh-huh. and all of that. But I mean, I'm actually terrified of doing fiction because I'm afraid where it would take you because you basically, uh, take it takes on a life of its own, doesn't it? It sure does. Your characters. Uh, that's what I was explaining the last time we had our little talk, that uh, if I have a um, writer's block, it's mm-hmm. because my characters are saying, huh, hold the phone here, you're not going that way. And mm-hmm. I need to go back and see where where I lost, uh, lost it and pick up and move to a different direction. It's always a better rewrite. Always mm-hmm. a better rewrite. Okay, well that that's good advice. If I ever, if I'm ever brave enough to do fiction, well, I um, but, but I, need, I need to tell you too, though, that because of your love for nonfiction, my books are are definitely fiction, but there is so much research that goes into them that are based on nonfiction, like my Salem Witch Hunt books. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and of course, like you, I love history. I love research. I love uh, going back. And, and, and your your Salem Witch Haunt, that book is an amazing book. Now, tell us a little bit about the No Angel series. That's what we're going to talk about today, Teresa. Okay. Well, my No Angel series currently has four books that are published right now. Uh-huh. And um, it's cool, my goodness. It's not even <laughs> Close to being finished. Really? I envision, I, oh yeah, I envision the main character to be an older woman, and she's not even out of high school yet. I can't get her. <laughs> I 
<laughs> she keeps having all these adventures. I just wanted her to shut up and grow up, but she won't. <laughs> so the No Angel is a story of a uh, reluctant guardian angel named Jonathan Stewart. When he was on Earth, he had a really bad experience as a mortal, and after he died, he did not want to go back to Earth as a guardian angel. But in my books, it's required of all dead people to do just that, at least one time. He makes it really clear on the guardian's unlimited application that he's not interested in being a guardian angel, and even requests an EMD, which stands for a spirit mark for early death, just in case. And then several years go by, and he's settled (laughs) into his job as a director at Heaven and Earthbound, and then this really beautiful girl requests him as his, her guardian angel. Now he's got to go to Earth, the place he really detests, and be a guardian angel to somebody he doesn't care about. You won't like him at first, but I tell you by the end of the book, you'll just be crying and you'll just love him. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the premise of the No Angel series. And his story is carried through all of the series. Uh-huh. But there are other people. The, the girl I'm talking about, she's not even in, while well, she has a very a little cameo spot in book one. Uh-huh. And then her story really begins to develop, to develop in book two. Oh, there's my phone. Oh, um, <laughs> Tell them we can't talk now, but we're going to take, take a break and have a commercial, and we'll be right back with <laughs> Teresa after she gets off the phone. <laughs> okay, thank you. I've seen dead people. Author Teresa Sneed says with a grin, they've spoken to me. Teresa Sneed writes fantasy, mystery, suspense, and realistic paranormal with a touch of sweet romance. She writes what she knows, full of insight into the spirit world, coupled with a panache for humor. Her No Angel series about angels and demons interacting with the living are simply fascinating. Sneed has three more series as well. From Wizards and Dragons to Witches of Salem. Visit TeresaSneed.com for more information or search for Teresa Sneed Books on Amazon.com. Every decade had its musical phenomenon. The 1960s had Motown, The Supremes, The Temptations, Martha and the Vandellas, The Four Tops. The exciting new book, Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans by Tom Ingrassia, presents 140 never-before-published photographs taken by fans from around the world that tell the story of the people, places, and things that made Motown the music that inspired a generation. Relive the memories of a time when we were all dancing in the streets, and the music of Motown reigns supreme. Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans, is available from Amazon.com. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. 
Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone, and I'm visiting with my co-host, Teresa Sneed, and she uh, just took a call from one of her friends during our commercial. <laughs> no, actually, it was my doctor. <laughs> oh, 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 but there you go. That could be important. <laughs> yeah. No, I said, excuse no, me, but I'm having a, uh, a live interview right now. Sure. Could you call me back, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're on iHeartRadio, so there you go. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit. For our listeners who haven't met you before, let's share a little bit about your history uh, with your great-grandmother, Salem uh, Witch Hunt. I mean, that is a fascinating story. Could you share a little bit with us? Thank you for asking me about that. I am... I'm really, I'm really pleased that people are really enjoying this book quite a bit. Uh Um, It is a very thoroughly researched book. It's a time travel, and Uh you mentioned my grandmother. I am the ninth great granddaughter of Susanna North Martin, and she was one of the women hanged as a witch Mm -hmm. in Salem. She was 71 years old. Can you believe that? (sighs) 71. No, I'm 72, so that really fits <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 71. I mean, 71 years old, and she was a widow, and she was a landowner. And so, you know, uh, when somebody was accused of a witch, well, there went your land. There went your land and everything, and so it was a very political thing. I'm very curious. Uh, did many women during that era own land? Well, that would be something I'd have to really research to tell you, but I'm saying, I'm betting, yeah. And the reason that she was a landowner is because her she husband passed it. away and left her land. Okay. And so she, that's why she was a widow. And that was one of the things that was a strike against her because she it was very hard for her to hold her own, especially at 71. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, yeah. Her husband did go to bat to her years ago because she got accused of, to be a, as a witch. I forget how many years prior when he was living in Boy, he he gave it to them and they took it back. <laughs> they you know they uh-huh. pulled it back and she was you know she was nothing happened. But now she had to fight on seventy one. Wow! And so she actually was um, hanged. She was oh yeah she was hanged on July the nineteenth, sixteen ninety two. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and and so how did your family, how did you go forward from something like that? Because that would be something you know, that would hang over a family, wouldn't yeah, it? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. Um, in fact, their, their, her children were, at least some of her children were mm-hmm. looked down on, you know. They were looked down on. Is there a, well, let me see, is that, oh gosh, mm, very famous poet. Whittier, I believe mm-hmm. that was that he wrote a poem about my grandmother's daughter. So she would have been my grandmother too, because that uh-huh. was came. It's a very beautiful and moving poem, and uh-huh. about how she was being ostracized and left out, and how yeah. wrong, how wrong uh-huh. it was. Yeah. yeah, and people even realized then uh, how many women were actually hanged as witches. Do you know the total? Oh, you know what? If I could pull it from the top of my memory, I'm thinking uh-huh. 17. I'm thinking mm-hmm. 17 around that, and there were wow. like six men 
six men that were hanged. Did you know that? <gasps> no. And why were the men? Were they considered witches too? A wall, warlocks, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. warlocks. Yeah. Well, and what, what they were, but you know, like one of them, uh, Giles um, Corey, is that his name? Corey Giles, Giles Corey. See, uh-huh. I should have really looked at this before this interview. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Well, anyhow, he was actually pressed to death by rocks because <gasps> he would not. He would not. Um, they wanted him to. To, to to you know say either yes or no that he was a witch and he wouldn't do any of that because mm-hmm. he didn't want to lose his land he knew that that would happen mm-hmm. but so he didn't so to, just to get a confession out of him they kept piling rocks on top of him until it crushed him oh my god which is horrible horrible yeah. thing to do oh, and yeah. you know what I even hung a dog <gasps> can You're you believe kidding. that oh my I'm god not. and they were going they had they had they even arrested children there was a four year old girl. Uh, Remember, her first name was Doris or Dorcas, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, and she was never the same after that happened because they put her in prison. They put her in, the, in those dirty, filthy, dirty, unsanitary jails. I believe there was about 150 on up people that were actually jailed. Uh huh. Um, you know, and and crazy things are happening now in our world and then when i go back and look at this it just confirms that we've always been in a a very crazy crazy world haven't we with very strange people um where did they come from this is just so bizarre where did they come from well that again is a very uh deep question um Mm -hmm. Puritans, the Puritans, mm-hmm. of course, they escaped uh, England, I believe, for mm-hmm. religious religious reasons. They wanted to be able to come to a country. Yeah, I know. Yeah, go yeah. figure. They wanted to come to a country where they could uh, practice their religion, and yet they were a very, very pious group that was very unforgiving, especially of Catholics. They, okay. they, they thought Catholics were Satan's spawn. Um, okay, they were very, very was your grandmother Catholic? No, she was Puritan. She was a Puritan, so it, yeah. it you know, it, it didn't make that much difference, did it? No. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no, no, well, no, no, no. They they persecuted each other all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they were always pointing mm-hmm. the finger at each other, and you didn't have to do anything to be accused of a witch, really. Um, Martha Corey, Giles's uh, wife. She mm-hmm. was hanged as a witch, and she was hanged as a witch because he inadvertently said, oh, she keeps tripping and falling. And to them, that was like, well, if you were accident prone, then you were a witch, which is Oh, my you. gosh. Yeah. Wow. What a fascinating uh history that you have and yeah. you've shared it in your wonderful book uh right now we're going to share a word from our sponsors and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about the no angel series that Teresa has written uh and that we are so thrilled to be able to promote here on the show we'll be right back come explore with Clyde McCauley the world of the little cuties let's pretend books with your little one imagine the funny mixed up emotions of an onion that cries when it's happy and delight in the giant ears that make a little elephant special 
Meet the engaging characters who will inspire imagination and build curiosity in your little cutie. This is where the love of learning is born. So discover the world of Little Cuties Let's Pretend today. The first two Little Cuties Let's Pretend titles are at Amazon and StoryNightPress.com. January Jones presents Drs. Ed Fireisen and Bob Ruotolo, co-founders of Motive Creations as sponsors. For those seeking more empowerment and control over their happiness and well-being, you have come to the right spot. MC365 provides the necessary tools and techniques to make your life even more spectacular. Today is the perfect day to start your journey to become happier and healthier. Our mission is to help you achieve yours. Seeking to reduce stress? Start now. Want a better relationship? Start now. Increase your self-esteem? Start now. Do you want more passion in life? Start now. Enroll at www.JanuaryJones.com. That's JanuaryJones.com. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes? People who have priceless personalities? In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two-for-one, paperback and Kindle editions. Welcome back, and I'm visiting with a very priceless personality to me. She is my co-host today, Teresa Sneed. Teresa, could you share your website info and tell everyone how they can get your wonderful books? Well, my website is my name, TeresaSneed.com, and you can find links for all of my books there, or you can go to Amazon and type my name in and type in books are no angel in my name, Teresa Sneed. And uh, Teresa is T-H-E-R-E-S-A, Teresa. And Sneed okay. is S-N-E-E-D, Teresa Sneed. Oh, okay. And, you know, I'm curious as a writer, uh, what kind of writer are you? Are you uh, get up early in the morning or do you write late at night? How, what's your writing schedule? Well... I am very, I'm very, very, very fortunate because uh, I, when I was teaching full time, I was a late night writer. Uh-huh. Okay. I would come yeah. home from work, or come home from yeah. work and grade papers, and then stay yeah. up as late as I could. Mm-hmm. I was younger then too, but now that I have the luxury, I find myself as an all day writer. In fact, right up until the time that we connected for this interview, I was writing. Uh-huh. 
Okay. And then in, so now everything's kind of flipped now. So in the evening now, I've spent a whole day of writing. That is now my official job. And in the evening, then I can spend time with my husband and my family and, and uh, you know, just kind of kick back and relax. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how we all start out because I, uh, when I started writing, my husband was uh, flying with the airlines and he was gone a lot. So I was usually writing like at 11 or 12 at night. I would write till 2 or 3 in the morning, save everything, Mm -hmm. go to bed, and then Mm -hmm. wake up the next morning and say, who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it was, true. And, and I always found that at night, you know, the universe seemed to be uh, helpful to me with quiet. my writing. Yeah. <laughs> the quietness. I, I loved yeah. it. Now, um, let's go back up to your childhood. Does that have a big impact on your writing? It surely, surely did. My childhood experiences have helped me, uh, have developed me into the person that I am. Uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, they do. That's what childhood experiences do. Yeah. My love for fantasy came from my mother reading to me. Mm-hmm. I had a fascination and a love for Dr. Seuss. Dr. Oh. Seuss books. I remember learning to read with Dr. Seuss. And I would, I would read, I would do the cat in the hat. Oh. I get to the end, I go back to the beginning again. I get to the end, <laughs> yeah. I go back to the, because it was fascinating. It was a it was a world like I'd never imagined before. So my fascination with Dr. Seuss books helped me to develop the ability to look at things from wildly different perspectives. My yeah. passion for science kept me searching for the why and how of things and a drive to believe that a greater intellect existed than my than that of man. And then my belief in angels came from religious um very special experiences I had as a child. So I'd have to say without a doubt, my childhood experiences weigh heavy on my writing. Yeah, now uh, you write in so many genres. What's your Uh favorite, if you had to pick one? If I had to pick one, Mm -hmm. oh, that is a difficult question. Yeah, I, I love I love them all, but I'm gonna have to say that if I had to pick one, uh-huh. I would probably say I probably would say the angel one, the angel, because uh-huh. I just I love it. But the one I'm working on right now is actually the Sons of Elderberry, and it's uh it's a uh, like a Harry Potter kind of thing. It has uh-huh. dragons and fairies and pixies, and oh my goodness, am I having fun with that? I love <laughs> it. I love it. It's just so much fun. Okay. Uh, now, do you map out the stories? I mean, like, do you have an outline before, uh, or do you let the characters just take over and direct the oh. whole thing? Well, actually, uh, I'd have to say that I always begin with the end in mind. I always uh-huh. begin. I always know where my story is going to end, how it's going to end. Okay. But the in-between stuff, it's mostly driven by the characters. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So they become real people in your life. Oh, you know, oh yeah. Well, this, this book that I'm working on right now, Elias of Elderberry from the Sons of Elderberry series, uh-huh. um, I wrote this book long, long, long time ago. It's already been published, actually. It was doing really well, uh, really well in, in uh, Europe. They were just snatching it up. And then I realized that I, I wanted to go back and, and take a second look at it. And so I divided it in half because it's a really thick book, like 475 pages. And I wow. wanted to make it a little bit more. Yeah. So I went back and the things that I had written in that, they were like, they were like, 
they were so cool because I just had little tiny things written in there, you know, that you kind of skim over. And then when I went back to do a rewrite, this incredible, rich detail started to come from these things that I just put there. You know, like I have... Uh I have a scene where one of my characters, Samuel, he's about a 17-year-old newly discovered wizard, and he's on his way up to Elderberry Castle to see it for the first time, and it's, on, it's, an, it's a very secluded mountain area, and, uh-huh. and he goes by these rock spires. Now, I did research. You hear my dog barking, probably. It's okay. <laughs> oh, boy. It's all right. <laughs> no problem. That means the plumber's here. <laughs> Anyhow, the rock spires, and I did research on these, these things called the fairy rocks, and um, uh-huh. the wind blows through the holes and it makes these sounds. Well, I put that in my book. Little did I know that the second rewrite has now created a whole people that live within those rocks. My pixies live within those rocks. Okay. So I've got oh all gosh. this pixie stuff, which I researched too. I researched it really heavy because I like to make sure that anything I write with fantasy is based on uh, folklore and stuff like that. Okay. So it's got they're really richly woven into the story. Oh, I mean, I, I love having you on the show because guess what? You're getting me excited about writing. <laughs> and, and I mean, uh, I'm the old uh, nonfiction bibliography gal, but I, I, you know, I'm really, you're enticing me into this world where you let people loose on your computer and see what they come up with. That it's fascinating. In one or two words, describe for you what the best thing about being an author is. Well, the best thing about being an author is that your your validation of your imagination. Okay. You're validated. I'm doing an interview in here. <laughs> she brought the dog well, out here. Come on the window. show too. Is that the plumber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the plumber, and then my mother-in-law brought the dog out, so the dog is just having a grand old time. He's very, very protective. He's just okay. a sweetie. <laughs> and what's your doggy's name? Oh, he's Perky. <laughs> And he is perky. (laughs) Well, you know, yesterday we did a fun show with uh, Bernie Siegel, and he wrote this, oh, he's written 14 or 15 books, and this last book is Animals, Love, and Miracles. And we did it with Bernie yesterday, and he talked all about all of the animals in his life and all uh-huh. of the animals that we all share. So it, it's always, I'm happy to have Perky on the show today. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think we're going to be hearing him in the background, probably right up to the bitter end. <laughs> yeah. so he's a sweet dog. He's a little Yorkie. He's just oh. a cutie puppy, but oh. he's, he barks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get back to work now. Um, let me ask you, is there a message that you have for your readers when you're looking at your body of works? Oh, yes. Um, you know, I was listening to what you said about listening to your advertising. It's about your books. Mm-hmm. And I can tell just from what you write that mm-hmm. you, you seem to be a very compassionate person and that you, that you have, you know, you want to be able to reach people with what you're writing to help them to know that yeah. everything's going to be okay, you know. And that's how I feel, too. That's why I write. That's why I write because I, I want people to have a little escape like I've always had in books. 
and mm-hmm. a fun escape. Nothing that's going to slap them in the face or jar them, but something that will just make them laugh. My books are very humorous. There's a uh-huh. lot of humor in it, and there's a lot, a lot of really interesting, intriguing things. You, I've got a lot of things happening in my books that people go, oh, my heck, how did you <laughs> ever think of that? Because it's honestly, I tell you, has not been thought of before. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have different angles of things, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just love yeah, doing that. Well, I love the aha moments with readers. Yeah. I think that's why mm-hmm. we've connected so well, because I, I adore humor. And, of course, my idol is Irma Von Beck, because she had that uh, knack for housewife humor that I've tried to write about that. But right now we're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with Teresa, we're going to talk about the worst thing about being an author. And for me, the worst thing was when my first book was on the front cover of the National Enquirer. There you go. (laughs) We'll be right back. From cowgirl to caregiver to consultant, meet Becky Fiola, author of The Elder Care Consultant, your guide to making the best choices possible. Growing up on remote ranches across the western states, she tended to orphan creatures large and small. Later on, that nurturing instinct served her well as the primary caregiver for her late husband. And now, she offers hope and guidance as a consultant to the elderly and their families. When you need advice on caring for an aging loved one, you can find those answers and her book at Amazon.com and her website, www.assistedlivingadvantage.com. Executives, managers, entrepreneurs, and professionals. A people's strategy and change consultant, award-winning author, emotional intelligence practitioner, and trainer, Yvette Bethel, can provide you with strategies you can use to empower yourself, grow your people, build your culture, and transform your results. For insights and strategies you can use to develop yourself to build a high-performing team, you can subscribe to Yvette Bethel's weekly podcast, Evolve. Mastery for Leaders of the New World. And sign up for her newsletter at YvetteBethel.com. That's Y-V-E-T-T-E-B-E-T-H-E-L.com. YvetteBethel.com. January Jones wants you to grow your business fast, getting free PR, doing interviews with podcasters and internet radio shows. Grab your free copy of our audio how-to course called How to Build Your Business, Get More Email Subscribers, and Make More Money Free doing podcast and internet talk radio interviews. Grab your copy right now at realfasttalkradio.com. Again, that website is realfasttalkradio.com. Welcome back to Real Fast, January Jones, Sharing Success Stories. I'm visiting with my co-host today, Teresa Sneed. I love having her on the show. We're a couple of uh, gals who are writers. It's wonderful to talk about writing. Um, what? Okay, Teresa, what's the worst thing about being an author? Are you ready for this? You're <laughs> yeah, go, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marketing. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Ugh. All I want to do is write. Why do I have to market? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. And it's funny because when you start out and you get that wonderful New York publisher, you think that's the end of your problems. And guess what? Yeah, right. 
You're the flavor of the month, and guess what you have to do? Marketing. Uh, How have you handled it? Well, um, I met this awesome lady called January Jones. (laughs) There you go. And we're marketing. (laughs) Well, this is part of the marketing, yes. And I actually have done a lot of interviews. uh, If you go to my website, sharissasneed.com, there's a little uh, tab there that says interviews, and you can read them. In fact, I I will put this one up there, too, so that it can be read. But, yeah, I do a lot of interviews. Um, I do book signings. I try to uh, make as many book signings as I can in the communities that I'm in. And um, my website is a huge marketing tool. In fact, all of you uh, writers out there, potential writers, wherever, whatever level you're at, you need a website. You need a website that you keep current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I'm so on board with that, too. And I'm very lucky because... Because one of my daughters uh, graduated uh, from an internet tech school, and so uh-huh. she keeps my website current, and it is important. Uh-huh. Uh, it is very, yeah. It, yeah, keep it current. That that's really really good advice. Uh, book signings. I always had problem with that. I also <laughs> I uh-huh. wasn't very. I did a lot of them, but I wasn't uh-huh. very good at that yeah. uh, well that's where I met you remember I met you up in um, mm-hmm. was it Pine Top or Strawberry or something in Arizona yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 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 I know I know but I'm, I'm still not good at it <laughs> yeah I know. I, I know I'm better at talking with people on the radio and it's like having friends come to visit so uh-huh. you chit chat and get to share things with them which is what I adore doing and I adore sharing other people's success stories and you are so successful Um, okay here's a good question which author (laughs) I love this one dead or alive so that leaves me out would you (laughs) most like to have lunch with (laughs) okay well I have to see Oh, my favorite author, without a doubt, is J.R.R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings. And hopefully he'd have his good buddy C.S. Lewis with him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I love J.R.R. Tolkien. I was a Tolkien fan way before Tolkien was big. I've been a Tolkien fan since the 70s. Yeah. I just, just, oh, my goodness. I just love the way. Hmm? That's why you're so into that genre. Uh, And when it comes to writers, I, I have a a fascination with Joan Didion and the way she wrote about uh, having been in L.A. and California, the way she wrote about that. Um, Okay. What advice do you have for any writers who are listening to us today? Um, I think that the greatest thing that you uh, must have as a writer is a desire to write. Um, There has to be a reason for that desire, and I believe that the reason is a deep understanding of an important part of who you are. Because if you des- if you have that desire, it's very very important that you that you really are willing to do the work that you need to do to develop that desire into something tangible. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to take constructive criticism, oh, and you yeah, yeah. you must be willing to take that constructive criticism and learn from it. 
I recommend building up a writing resource library and read about point of view, how to develop scenes, character setting, etc. Study grammar as needed, especially if someone critiques your work and points out specific problems. Uh, take those really seriously and dive into everything that you can to understand and improve that part of your writing. Yeah. Yeah, critiques are, uh, they have to be taken in the spirit that they're giving. And, you know, I have found with other writers, uh, our writing world, everyone, it seems to me, everyone is here to help you. It's like, uh, it's a wonderful, magical world once you enter it that everyone wants you to succeed. Yeah. And the competitively, it's it's not there. Everyone wants everyone else to do they well. They do. Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah. I do. I do agree. And you know, if I could say one other piece of advice uh, along uh-huh. with that is that don't give up. Don't give up. Uh-huh. My fir- my first published book was the first book in the No Angel series, and uh-huh. it was my first traditionally published book too. And you know how I wrote that? I wrote it by committing to write just one page a day. Okay. Six, six days a week. But what happens when you sit down at that computer and you, you're committed to write one page? It, it uh-huh. usually morphs into many more in one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing is that if you want to be a writer, you've got to be a reader. The uh-huh. best writers are avid, passionate readers. You, ha- you learn tons from reading. You need to read with a critical eye. Identify what works and what doesn't work in books that you choose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that is such great advice because, you know, one of my other co-hosts, Connie Hockrell, she's in this competition uh, where every uh, they write 50,000 words in one month and they submit it. And it I mean, it's like a brutal. I, I love I've hearing done that about course. it. I've done that. A nano, a novel in a month in November. I've done that. I've written two or three books that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, she tells me about it every year and we talk about it and it just blows my they mind. They have it in the summer too. They have it in November and then they have nano camp in the summer, which is oh. a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that that one. Just uh, I'm glad you know about that because it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy insane. It is. Yeah, but I think as you said, it's important to write, and I I don't advocate writing fifty thousand words a month, but I do like your advice to write one page a day. And, uh, you know, the tortoise and the hare, that, that'll do it for me. Mm-hmm. I have loved having you on the show. And uh, Teresa will be back with us in April. We'll talk about more writing tips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe by then I'll start my first nonfiction book <laughs> or my fiction book. Yeah. One, one page a day. So when I talk to you next month, you should have 30 pages written. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) We'll we'll wait and see about that one. (laughs) My wonderful guest today, Teresa Sneed, thank you. It's always fun to talk with you. It's always fun to share our writing stories. Uh, It's fun to encourage other people to think about doing this. This is something that uh, a lot of people talk about, think about, but they don't do it. So our message is sit down and write one page a day. Right, Teresa? That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> we hope you've enjoyed our show today as much as we've enjoyed doing it for you. My upcoming guests are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing, just like Teresa. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become a successful writer too. I'd love to welcome you to our No Whining World. Sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. We love sharing our stories, our struggles, and especially our secrets for writing success. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, my dear friends, stop whining, start smiling, and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. Thank you to my guest today, Teresa Sneed. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.